Okay, this morning we at Right at the Fork here in Portland on a fall day. We're starting to feel like fall. Here with Court, our fantastic engineer, and the better half of Right at the Fork, Heather Jones. We were just talking about Kathy Wims and how um, she always sounds like she has a smile on her face and is so youthful. And she brings so much to our Portland food scene that I'm delighted to have her on the podcast today. Um, Kathy is, uh, has been in Portland, as she'll tell you, from 1979. She spent 20 years at Genoa, uh, which was, uh, for a long time, one of the very few key dining spots in Portland. Set the tone for her opening of Nostrana 10 years ago. And we're happy to be able to talk to Kathy about those 10 years. It's a nice landmark because most of our restaurants that we have in Portland have not been open for 10 years. Everybody's looking for what was open yesterday and uh, next week. But uh, speaking of that, um, four years ago, she opened Oven and Shaker. And, uh, and then recently, well, about a half year ago, Hamlet, uh, which is a... Uh, which is a ham bar with cocktails. And so Oven and Shaker is a pizza place with great cocktails. Um, and her restaurant, Nostrana, is one of my favorite. It's near and dear to me because we did our first Portland Food Adventures dinner. I will never forget that. Um, and Kathy was so gracious to me in sitting down and meeting with someone she did not know in the Portland food scene and, uh, and creating something, helping to create something new, just participating. And that's what the Portland scene is all about, I think, what makes it really special. The food here is great. Chefs like Kathy are fantastic. But uh, because so many people want to collaborate and learn from each other, Kathy's a great chef to learn from and a human being as well. Um, I'll quickly go over some of the places that you will find her 10-year anniversary events at NostranaPDX.com and at NostranaPDX. Also, if you want to visit Oven and Shaker, you can find that probably as a link from Nostrana, but uh, at Oven and Shaker, and also uh, visit her newest place at Hamlet PDX. Um, Kathy's just you'll you'll enjoy this interview with her. Just being around her is fantastic. Get to uh, one of her restaurants, and if you ever have the opportunity to meet Kathy, you will uh, have one of the more special experiences you can have in Portland. So, uh, Kathy Wims. So thank you. I am uh, honored. I'm always honored to be in your presence or just have anything to do with you, Kathy. Oh, well, thank you. It's really nice to talk to you. It's been a while. It and has. And we have such a mutual friend, too, in um, Rose Bonimo. Yes. Rose is, Rose is delightful. I was so I'm, glad to find that out. I have known her forever. Um, it seems like. So let's do the whole podcast on Rose. Let's just talk about her. <laughs> And find out what's going on with her and what you know about her and what I do. And uh, oh, okay. <laughs> actually, you know what? She's she's uh, in the last year. I've discovered that Rose does some amazing improv. She actually did an episode for us uh, for April Fools. Um, oh really? In our archives. I bet she's good at that. Yes, you should take a listen to it. It's pretty. Uh, it's pretty funny. She did. We did the consummate Portland restaurant experience where there was really no eating going on. It was all about the other senses. Uh-huh. Oh, cool. So, that. go back. We have archives at uh, rightatthefork.com. Go back and listen. It's actually worth the listen. I loved it. Um, so, okay. listen, 
you're celebrating your 10th Nostrana's. Not your 10th, but Nostrana's 10th anniversary. Nostrana's 10th anniversary, yeah, this October. That is fantastic. And, you know, as I was thinking about that, and we've talked about it a little beforehand, that coincides just about with when I got to Portland. So, um, it's, Oh, wow. It's a, I didn't realize you'd been there for that for 10 years. For some reason, I thought it was... He'd moved here more recently, like five years or something. No, but that, but you should think that because when I came to scope out Portland and I stayed at the Fifth Avenue Suites and I was really interested in having great meals, I was told by the concierge when I asked him what was on the other side of that river, because I didn't, I pronounced it Willamette <laughs> at the time. He didn't know how to pronounce it yet. I yeah. know I did the same thing when I moved to Portland in 1979. Well, that was a lot. <laughs> so I, uh, and he said to me, actually, you don't want to go over there. It's just dangerous and you'll get lost. And that was 10 years ago? That's incredible. That I was, can't believe that. That was 11. But he also may have been spiffed. By some of by Ruth's, Chris, and Jake's because that's where he told me to go, oh, which okay. is really interesting because 2005 is especially partly because of Nostrana, but 2005 is when this food scene really started to ripen when the first when some of the first ripe fruit was coming off the tree. I think. So what I was just actually trying to explain that to somebody recently. So Nostrana was happening. There was, um, let's see, what else was going on then? I know that Dave Machado opened an Indian restaurant. Right. Um, and, then, and then there and, was the, um, and the, sca- the New Orleans-style uh, Well, there was, there was Rue and Acadia. Rue, I think yeah, Acadia Rue, was there, too. Uh, yeah. And that's and gone through be- some changes, and Rue isn't here any longer. Which was a really great little spot. And uh, Scott Dolich had been up and running with Park Kitchen at the time. Yeah, that had been open, I think, for a while. Yeah. Like maybe at least three years before, don't you think? Uh, yes, as far as I know, because I wasn't here. But with what I know about the scene now, there wasn't a lot that happened. And maybe I'm wrong. I'm, I'm often wrong. But there wasn't a lot that happened between Park Kitchen and Nostrana. Like, I, I, I guess I didn't go back to look and see who was Restaurant of the Year in those years because that's just an idea of what was going on. But, you know, now, um, if you're talking about restaurants opening, that you can't keep up with it every week. So there might oh, have been one or, t- I'm just guessing, one or two significant openings a year back then. And now, it's, now it's a week. I think you're right. I, I actually do think that's true. I think the, pi- you know, there was the, the pioneers, there was... You know, Greg Higgins, Ed Higgins, and, and Philippe Boulot at the Heathman, and and Paley's, and then, and Zephyro, and it, there was kind of a sort of a long hiatus there, where not, where not much was going on, except for Park Kitchen opening kind of in the middle of that. There. Right, and I think, I know Mother's was open, because when I came to... Yeah, when that's I ca- true. Came, that was one of the other places... Um, that uh, that I was told to go, and I enjoyed it a lot, and I still love Lisa and her food. So, um, but there, yeah, there just wasn't a lot, and now um, everybody's opening a new restaurant, and uh, you really—it's it, a whole different scene. When you open Nostrana, um, y- the attention, the spotlight, I was was on you, right at the time, and, it, and it, rightly so. But you didn't have to share it with a lot of other people at the time. 
Well, like I said, there was, like, Rue did open, like, right at the same time, and um, do you remember the name of Dave's Indian restaurant that was really yeah, good? Yeah, Vindaloo. Yeah, and um, so what I do remember is that it was really hard to hire people because those three sort of significant restaurants were opening at the same time. Um, and also, I think it came with... I came with a lot of baggage because I came from fine dining at Genoa Restaurant, which was the place to eat for uh, in Portland um, pretty much since 1971, the same year Shape and East opened. And so everyone had this expectation that Nostrana was going to be um, Genoa food at everyday prices. <laughs> and it was really, it was kind of a hard thing to educate people. It took us a while, and I think we got a lot of, press right off the bat. We got a really great review by Karen Brooks in the Oregonian. And then a few months after that, we got Restaurant of the Year. And when that happens, it's like, it really starts raining people. Like, there are just customers, like, waiting out the door before 5 o'clock to come in. And it's, and it's, it's really hard to keep up. And it's hard to... Um, maintain people's expectations, and then on top of it, having come from this you know, 20 years in fine dining at Genoa, I think people, I don't know that they really knew what to expect. So the sheer fact that we made it to 10 years, I'm like, I am actually very proud of, because it was a rocky start. Well, you know, it's, <laughs> yeah, you mentioned, you just mentioned Vindaloo, and David's been successful with other restaurants, but it, uh, there, you know, the problem with, I think, and I'm guilty of it, too, because I like to go to new places. You always want to check a new place out, right? Because you've hear, mm -hmm. heard about it. But the problem yeah. is that the, the folks like you who have sustained, you know, to get some attention. And I don't know, you're not an attention hog, but just to get some attention in Portland, you need to open a new restaurant to shine the light back on Nostrana. So you need to open Hamlet and Oven and Shaker. And now, you know, the, Kathy's back in the news. Um <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't really why I did it, but no, I I, I understand that, but that's the byproduct of it. Uh -huh, how much? Uh -huh. How much? Uh, sorry, how long ago did you open Oven Shaker? That's a couple of years now, right? Oven and Shaker is going to be—I can't believe it. It's going to be four in four. November. Wow! Yeah, time is and flying. That, that kind of, that flew by. I can't believe it. Well, and you, Hamlet is going is going to be like within a week or two, five five months old. I okay. Think. Well, it's interesting that you say four years because Oven and Shaker, I know, was still in the discussion when people are talking about new cool places. It's always coming up. So you've managed to keep that high level of um, and, and satisfy high level of expectation at, at Oven and Shaker to do a great job there and change it up a little bit here and there. So Yeah, and it's, a, you know, it's such a different, it's a different animal than, than Nostrana and it's, it's more playful, you know. It's a, it's a cocktail bar, and you know, just pizza, not a full menu. And it's just, I, I enjoy the fact that it's, you know, it's not like I didn't reopen a mini Nostrana. We kind of went a whole other direction, and um, I think it's good. You know, in retrospect, I don't know if I really, you know, pre-thought that, but I kind of, I kind of don't really ever want to recreate the same restaurant again. Um, so you'd never do a Nostrano West? I don't think I'd do Nostrano West. And actually, I have been approached about that, and I've, and I've always declined. I just, 
I don't know, the energy that that goes into Nostrana and the, the cultivation of our amazing, incredible managers and employees and just keeping the um, people excited about the food and about, you know, the style of sort of classic Italian food reinterpreted with Northwest ingredients, keeping that energy high. Like, I just, I think it, I don't know, I don't know how other restaurateurs do it or are successful, like John George Schwangreit, and it's like, it's, it's really hard um, to, you know, try and redo something, so... Well, not only that, but it's funny that you were, I find it amusing that you were saying it was hard to find good help when you were opening Nostrana because there were three other, two or three other restaurants opening. Now look at it. I I never would have thought that. We pretty much hired everyone that we interviewed. (laughs) (laughs) We got lucky and we had some really great people, but it wasn't like we were, you know, picking and choosing. Right. But so now, I mean, literally it's exponentially different than it was so now to open a restaurant to find good people you probably have to poach some of your own to make sure that you've got things going on at a new restaurant but i hear that's a big challenge to find good cooks in portland now and and you know everybody's concerned with service so front of the house you can't just throw anybody in there they have to they have to know the drill um yeah i can't imagine how challenging that must be now absolutely i mean I do find it's hard to hire line cooks that are really up to speed. Like, they're highly valued in in Portland as well they should be because it's a grueling, like, intense, you know, eight-hour just slog through, you know, tickets coming in one after the other. And so a great line cook is just, like, worth their weight in gold. But, um... Front of the house, I think if they're working in a great place, they really they tend to stay because um, I I don't know it's different. It's like we we've had hardly any front of the house turnover over the years. We still have um, one um, server who's been there since we opened, and several who's been there like way over five years. So it's really interesting that way. That's um, a, that's a nice statement about working for you and Nostrana and. Thank you. And then, and the managers, the kitchen managers, um, they have changed over the years, but really not very much. Like pretty much two kitchen managers, you know, head chefs, um, maybe one for four years and one that's been there now, um, five to six years. So it's, that's been really great. Like having that stability and to be able to like, to, you know, train the nine, the young trainees in the kitchen with someone that's, you know, been there for a long time and really um, understands the culture and the aesthetic of the food. I, I, I consider myself very lucky, and there's probably no way I could have opened Oven and Shaker and Hamlet had I not had my head chefs like Brian Murphy and, and Brian Donaldson to, um, to help me. Well, speaking of uh, line cooks and help that you've had in the kitchen, I think Nostrana boasts some of the, uh, you've, you've had under your tutelage and uh, some of our better chefs who've gone on to do their own things. Um, it's, it's been really great. And actually, so like Kelly Myers, who worked with me at Genoa, who's now head chef at Chico, and then um, 
Johanna Ware. Johanna Ware, thank you, at Small Wares, who was a sous chef at Nostrana. And then um, Anthony Cassiero, who had Racion, which um, closed recently. He was a head pizza cook at, at Nostrana. I'm sure I'm forgetting. Oh, oh how about Gabriel? Gabriel was there, of. too, right? Gabriel, Gabriel Rucker? Rucker worked, he, yeah, he did a short stint um, at Nostrana before he went on to open um, Le Pigeon. Could you, could you tell his, that he... His former sous chef... Um, at Little Bird. Oh, Eric. He also, Eric worked for us for and, maybe. And he just opened Taylor Railworks. Six months, yeah. So he's hit a nice spot in his life where uh, we just did an event over there and he opened up, uh, yeah, a week ago. And it's such a beautiful space. And I did a lot of thinking about what must it be like to have started in this business so long ago, been through so many restaurants. You know, becoming uh, a name at Little Bird and even at Le Pigeon. He was, a, a, Eric was uh, a big part of Le Pigeon's success. And then oh, to, absolutely. to look at some place, and I watched him do this the first night and think, this is my, only, my own place. And uh, that's a long road to get there. And it's a, as you alluded to before, mentioned, it's a tireless road. There are long, long hours, thankless in many ways, thankless in some, or thankful in some ways. But um, yeah, there are a lot. Are there, are there any offhand that you absolutely knew were going to be superstars who were in your kitchen? Oh, I think all of them. All of the four mission people, I absolutely knew. And um, and if my cooks, um, if my head chefs, Brian and Brian, and also Rob Roy, who does our um, all of our in-house butchery, makes all the charcuterie and breaks down the whole lambs and pigs for, um, for you know lamb chops and braised lamb and all those different things. Um, all of them, you know, were they to want to leave and open their own place, I know they'd be, like, hugely successful and, you know, be one of the best places in Portland. So what so do you... Th- it's, it's great to feel that way, you know? Well, yeah, it's, and people want want to work there, and I think I just love... You know, you and I met years ago, and I've told this story a million times, but um, I had this idea for doing events, and I would like to have that on tape when you and I sat down outside of Nostrana, and I said, I have this idea. We want to really have people get to know you the chef, as a chef, go visit the places you like and, and eat your entire menu. And I think you looked at me with bold, wide eyes and said, what, are you kidding me? The entire menu? <laughs> <laughs> and so, oh my God, but I feel like we practically came through on that. I'm you totally... Like maybe 32 dishes no, well, <laughs> at, that, at that dinner. Well, after that dinner, I said, oh, now I understand what Kathy meant. You can't do the whole menu, but... <laughs> But you set a one, you did set a wonderful precedent, and I send that menu to every chef, chef who I'm about to do a dinner with ahead of time. I send oh, wow. a number of menus along with that, and so that's pretty much most of the preparation I do as far as, you know, what expectations will be for a Portland Food Adventures dinner. I assume that no chef is going to want to come in under the bar of their peers. Well, it's been great. You have to send that menu to me. I'd love to see it again. But I just think it's been great to watch your success and the, the success of Portland Food Adventures and all the many places that, you know, it's occurred and wonderful restaurants. And and it's also great to see, I mean, it says a lot about you 
and your well, business, like how chefs work so hard to, to excel and to do better than the one before. But it's, and I think that's what makes it, you know, so successful and fun. I appreciate it. I love doing it. I had no idea what I was getting into when we sat down. And, I, and here's what's so amazing. There's so many aspects that I've learned about Portland and people and chefs since you, and you were the first one, but you didn't know me at all. I just called you and I thought this would be a great place. And you took the time to sit down and meet with me and say, okay, I'll try that. I can't imagine that happening in, you know, in the East Coast, LA, San Francisco. It just wouldn't happen. Um, so for you to try something new with someone you didn't know uh, is incredible. And, uh, and then we tried to get, we tried to set it up so that as opposed to just having gift certificates to go other places, we wanted you to go to Bar Avignon. And then I quickly learned that's a tough one to set up afterwards and make sure that the 20 people are going to go as well. So, but still you were the first one who gave me a list of 20 places you like and uh-huh. uh, and it was easy for you to do that you wanted to share with people, and that's what makes this community so unique, and you're right in the center of that. I mean, you'll be the first one to tout Kelly and, and Mark Dockstetter. You did. And uh, by the oh, way— Mark, that's who I forgot. Mark Dockstetter. Yes. Taste right. Oh, but, he so, was our opening kit oven. We called him—we made up a, a, a title for him because he ran the pizza oven, and it was the first— pizza oven, I, you know, wood-burning oven that I had ever owned. So I called him um, our oven manager. That was his title. And he was sweet enough to, um, well, you know, he had a, he started by um, bringing a, a wood-burning oven on a trailer on wheels to the farmer's market. Right, with and bagels. And so the farmer's market at that time in Portland, the downtown um, Saturday market, I think all the markets actually, they there weren't any that ran through the winter. Like, they co- they closed in the fall and then opened back up in the spring. And so he didn't need his pizza oven. So for two years in a row, before we opened Nostrana, he parked it in my back alley in Lads Edition and let me use it for the entire winter. So I threw, like, pizza parties, like, three times a week just trying to get, you know, to learn how to use the oven and how, you know, how to... um mass-produced pizza, and, and we tried out dough recipes, and we I tried out toppings on people, and I would just, just invite almost anyone that I met. It's like, come over for having a pizza party. So it was he was really, really um, helpful in um, making Nostrana successful long before it opened. Um, you know, it's interesting. Well, first of all, I want to know when Taste Bud is going to reopen in Multnomah Village. Uh, well, they... I finally actually started construction. So, and I believe that was a month ago. Oh, okay. They, the signs up now. There was a lot of problems with um, with just finalizing the lease and stuff with the city, and I, I it just it, like that went on for like two years. Yeah, well, it seemed, and, and as someone in Southwest who's waiting uh, for great dining options in Southwest, so I don't have to deal with this increasingly terrible traffic in Portland. Um, oh, it's going to be a, um, it's going to be a success from the minute it opens. I know that because I, there, there is so little in Southwest. I mean, there was the wonderful restaurant Alba that's no longer. Yeah, in that's right. And 
There's Verde Casino. I can I can reel them off. I can reel them off. Verde Casino. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there just isn't much. And I'm and I'm sitting here looking at a box of uh, whole wheat uh, croissants from Baker and Spice. But that's not a restaurant. Well, it's a little breakfast and lunch place. But, but thank God for that. Yeah, it's a wonderful bakery and cafe. It's yeah. I'm really ha- happy to know Julie. But so, um, are you going to recreate those pizza? dinners, you know, given that it's your 10th anniversary, and invite the new people you know now to come enjoy the pizza outside your house? You know, that's really interesting that you say that, because I was just talking with my general manager um, yesterday. We're probably, we're going to have to close in January for probably a week, which we've never done. We have some repairs that we need to do, one on the wood-burning oven and some other sort of maintenance stuff, and... We thought maybe we would do some kind of sort of pop-ups um, during that. But actually, since we're repairing the wood-burning oven, I don't think we could do a pizza pop-up. But we're we're just starting to brainstorm about what we'll do in January. Maybe we'll have some guest chefs. Maybe we'll do Nostrana does, you know, Spanish food or... You know, whatever inspires us. So you have my something you ha- in the works right now. <laughs> you have my email address, and I don't have a January event set up yet. So, <clears throat> oh, yeah. So there's an idea there too. I will throw okay. that out, and I don't know when when Mark's going to open. There sounds like there's something there. And there, uh, we'll figure that out. And I'd love to talk to you about you know going going to Europe sometime. Um, mm-hmm. That would be fun. Um, I would love that. That that would be really fun. So we have a um, for our tenth anniversary, we have a couple of celebrations going on. We're doing a um, a dinner for the first. No, it's a luncheon the first Sunday in October, which I believe is the sixth, and we're bringing in a chef from um, Abruzzo, which is in the central part of Italy. Um, north of Rome. His name is William Zompa, and he has a um, one Michelin star restaurant, and he's coming and cooking a special luncheon for us with um, various different pastas, and you're going to have your choice of pastas, a delicious roasted rabbit with farro, which is a, um, I know you know what it is, but a, a nutty um, form of wheat that um, is really delicious and very typical in that region of Abruzzo and Umbria. And it's going to be really great. We're going to drink wines from Abruzzo. So that's going to be a big celebration for our customers. And then we're inviting um, our some of our very regular um, customers, our former chefs, and including Kelly and Mark, Doc Setter, and... and um, Anthony and just to have we're going to have just a, and, our, and all of our farmers and throw a big just sort of potluck. Well, yeah, but you've already filled the restaurant party the following Sunday. Yeah, but if it's if it's your uh, all the people that have worked for you and the farmers, it's already you've already got a full house. Yeah, it's true. That was, <laughs> so that's what we're doing too. So the the Abruzzo Chef Luncheon is is for you know our customers and people that hear about it and want to come and. Buy tickets and the um, and the other one is really just a party for all of us. So we felt like that way we could get back to both both our employees and the people that have supplied us and the people that have worked for us, and then also a give back 
thank you to our customers as well. Some a really special event. I have been to a few events at Nostrana, and it's a beautiful space for nice events. And you put on, you go all out. As a matter of fact, to go back to just quickly our dinner because it was so awesome. We had a table for twenty at the time, and I had TV crews in everything going on oh, for our I first now. Yeah, I do. our first dinner and so we didn't actually have the whole restaurant and there so we had a table for 20 in a packed house and and you were serving like 97 courses of food <laughs> and, and it was loud and so you had to just for 20 people do the explanation for each course four times at the top of your lungs uh, explaining everything, and I added it up, and you had to do this dissertation about 40 times throughout the evening. So the point to that is when there's an event in Estrana or anywhere where you're doing something, it's done, um, you put your all into it. So, uh, Oh, thank you. And that's indicative in the fact that you're bringing, you're bringing talent from Italy for people in Portland to experience. Well, thank you very much. Thank so, you, Chris. So I think people should get on that. So um, what when you opened your restaurant, what could you not have anticipated uh, when you opened it as the most important thing that you learned to, you know, do well and um, and succeed? What what didn't you know when you opened Nostrano? You'd been at Genoa for years, but in terms of owning your own place. Yeah, well, I would say that... Um, what I didn't have experience in is because I've always worked in the kitchen. And even though I worked, as I said, in, at Genoa for 20 years where the, the level of dining service in the front of the house was amazing, it wasn't really part of my education. Like, I experienced it because I ate there a lot. I knew the attention to detail that went on because it was a small restaurant and, you know, I was friends with all the waiters and I, I knew how hard they worked. But I didn't, I have to say, I think I didn't really know how to translate that into Nostana. And I would say we really, we've, we suffered for that. I think, um, you know, we had some real service issues when we opened probably for the, the first two years until we finally um, woke up and hired a, um, a front-of-the-house manager um, first, it was um, Liz Davis. Liz, I'm sorry. What did... Yeah, so she's oh. the owner of Chico, and Kelly Myers, our former chef, is her chef. And she came up from Delfino Restaurant in San Francisco, right. which consistently gets incredible um, accolades from, like, Michael Bauer, um, the restaurant reviewer there, about their service. And so we were very fortunate to have her come, and she... Really, she's, you know, I think single-handedly responsible, um, really brought Nostrana's service, you know, to the to the, the beginning of the level that it is today. And I'm just, we're eternally grateful for her. And, you know, she had to kind of wrestle a kind of wild front of the house where everyone was sort of, you know... I would say did their own thing, but they weren't used to having, you know, someone uh, someone in charge, and um, and you know she had to gain their respect and everything, and and she did an amazing job, and 
um, so that, I would say that that's where I was sort of blindsided when I when I opened Nostrana. So now you know that. So whoever's front of the house at Oven and Shaker, and I believe that's Kyler, correct? Kyler and um, Yvonne Gallardo. Kyler is um, Yvonne's assistant. Oh, okay. I know Kyler because we're fellow Met fans, so I oh, see him a lot. Cool. I see him a lot on my Facebook, and oh. and we run into each other a few times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but so that's a compliment to them because knowing that about Nostrana, when you're opening a new restaurant, you're going to make sure that's in place. So also, the one of the great things that we were lucky to have at Oven and Shaker was Israel Morales, who now with his yeah. wife Bonnie owns Kotchka, and he came from really high end dining in um, in Chicago. And obviously, that's not the model that Oven and Shaker is, but he really brought some great, like, service tips and just, um, you, <laughs> um, you know, how to run the front of the house and still be casual but still be professional. And that's been really, really great for us at Oven and Shaker. So and, we have a lot to And he's done for. that at Kachka, too. It's, that's Absolutely. Not, that's, that's a very fun, casual place, and he's on top of it. And uh, I've worked with him when he we did something at Wafu and also at Kachka. So Israel is... Fantastic, and a little bit at Gruner. He's been a lot of places in Portland. He's touched a, a lot of the food scene. That's true, Gruner too. I forgot. So, speaking of the food scene, uh, we're at an interesting point now, right? It's fairly mature. People know about us. We have feast in its fourth year, so the eyes of America are on us. We just had a another New York Times thirty-six hour. Article, yeah, I, which just, I just read that yesterday. Created a little controversy because it turns out that the the woman who wrote that uh, isn't really the biggest Portland fan. That's kind of that was kind of amusing to see. Oh wow, I didn't know that. Yes, uh, you know she loves her New York, but there were some of the things about Portland she didn't like. But uh, what are some, actually what are some of the things that you love when you're talking to folks elsewhere? Because you travel a lot, you're in events elsewhere, and people are asking. They're probably curious about Portland. What is it that you tell them about that you love the most that makes it a special place to live and, and own restaurants? Well, I have, a, I have a funny little take on it. Like, I, I think I mentioned that I moved to Portland in 1979, and it was March, and I moved by way of San Francisco, where I'd spent a year um, after leaving my hometown and where I went to college, Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Um, and... San Francisco was such a vibrant food scene and so amazing, and it was just, I was just in heaven. I was already, I already had a couple of jobs as cooking in restaurants, and I I loved cooking, and I, I knew that that was what I wanted to do. And to be 21 years old and living in San Francisco was just mind-blowing. And then I moved up to Portland, and... It's just like, oh my God, what is this town where it's always raining and everybody plays pool in these taverns that have like blacked out windows? And I just was like, oh, why did I leave San Francisco? And so the contrast between that and where Portland is now, food wise, is it's kind of what I love to tell people about Portland. That it's it's a city that has just like changed so much and yet maintained a lot. Of its of its character that it had when I was here in '79, you know, as we know, Portland's very quirky, and um, and it has all the benefit. It has benefits of a big city while being a 
the benefits of being a small city. Um, it's still easy to get around. It's it's beautiful and. Um, and I think the weather's green. getting more mild than it parks. used. The weather's more mild than even ten years ago. I think. Uh, for, uh, well, the summers might be a little warmer, but it's the the rain isn't as drastic. Yeah, absolutely. It does seem easier to um, to deal with. Although I enjoyed the heat this summer, I just decided I was going to enjoy it. But I'm not somebody that really loves really hundred degree temperatures. Well, is it so hard? I wouldn't mind if that if that turned around. Well, yeah, I would also imagine that keeping Nostrana with those high ceilings in the ovens cool when it's 100 degrees uh, is a little challenge for you. Yeah, well, I think that's a challenge for, uh, you know, many restaurants in Portland because... But they're not set up for we're it. We're not used to it being so hot, so, we, you know, when we put in our air conditioning system, it never is quite, it's not, never as powerful for those over 90 degree days. So... Uh, do you ever want to just, do you ever think that you want to just relax? Because three restaurants and all that you do, are are you just going, going, going all the time? You are. And at what point, I wonder that, you know, because the restaurant business isn't easy, especially owning one. I wonder with a lot of chefs, is there a point where you just think you might say, all right, I'm going to relax and uh, not open new restaurants and maybe step back a little bit? Oh, I think I may be at that point right now. Um, you know, I have a really great staff. Like I said, um, they they you know really run things like really well. So I, you know, I'm not running around with my head cut off. Like it's you know there's there's lots to do and there's lots of meetings and there's lots of discussions and there's lots of events like feast coming up that we're doing a um, a vegetable centric dinner with three other chefs from two from across the country and one from here in Portland. I mean there's there's always stuff to do but it doesn't feel it doesn't feel like when I opened Nostrana and all I remember about the summer that we opened after we were restaurant of the year, just like like not even having time to stop and think and the the alarm going off in the morning and thinking that you just, you know, you just went to bed an hour ago is what it felt like. And what I remember the most about that summer is that the one sensible experience that I would have would be the twice a week that um, Ayers Creek Farm would bring in their flats of Chester blackberries. And I would just grab a handful, like, out of the flat and throw it into my mouth and then run about making, you know, more pizza dough or... (laughs) And rolling pizza balls, and that would be this, mo- and there would be this moment of enjoyment. It's like, oh, that's so delicious. And then the second moment of, oh my God, they changed a little since last week. And it was almost like like the way that wine like evolves, you know, in your glass. Like every week throughout the course of the summer, the Chester blackberries changed a little bit in their flavor profile. And that was like the one thing I remember that I actually had, you know had my full focus at that moment where I wasn't, like, multitasking and doing a million things. Well, I so think... I don't, it doesn't feel that way anymore. I'm much more relaxed in my Well, good. Career. And you've got... And you've identified ways to uh, operate that are a little different. Now you're opening restaurants with uh, Chef's Table and Kurt Huffman. So... Yes. Yeah, takes... That's more helpful having that, that support and that financial... Um, 
expertise to coach you has been really helpful. Right. It takes a little of of what you were doing and learning about in Nostrana. It, it puts that piece in place for you when you... Uh, well, and also, I think, notoriously, not everyone, but, um, like, Scott Dulwich is, I think, really amazing at financing and at being a, you know, a talented, creative um, chef, but it's not my... It's not my expertise. I'm lucky that my husband, um, you know, oversees the finances at Nostrana, and he has a a graduate degree in um, in business. And so he he we're a good pair in that way because that is not my strength. My strength is getting excited about food, trying to recreate dishes that I've had on my travels in Italy. Um, getting excited about doing events. Like we got to cook at the um Milan Expo, which is the um what used to be called the World's Fair this spring. That was really exciting. I brought um four of my team plus Jake Sheffield, um the sous chef at Gruner to cook. And so we we cooked Italian food for Italians. Only we put our own sort of American spin on it. And then after that, I got sent by the um, the the U.S. Department of State as a culinary ambassador to Romania, where I was on Romanian TV um, on a cooking show that that airs all over Romania and has a great readership. I also cooked at what they call a social canteen, which we would call a soup kitchen, but it was like the most beautiful soup kitchen I've ever cooked in. Like, you could eat off the floor. And so I made some um, American dishes um, and some classic Italian dishes for the people that came to um, eat at the the social canteen. And I learned a lot about Romania. And so there's there's lots of rewards in this business, you know. And especially it seems like, you know, the longer that I have been, Stuff you know, the more of these really amazing opportunities sort of come, and, and they make your restaurants better. Way. They make your mm-hmm. restaurants better because you're experiencing new things and bringing them back to Portland as well. So, I, I think so. I mean, I I'm someone that has to keep being inspired, and I never stop wanting to learn about food, and never stop you know reading cookbooks. If you saw my house, there's like 500 cookbooks like stacked all over the place, you know, <laughs> and. So if and you, I reach for them all the time. If you had a um, a shelf full of restaurants and places you like to hang out in Portland, um, where are those places now? Where, where what's really shining for you? And I yeah. guess the way to ask the question is: if you have friends coming in from out of town, where if they had you know three or four places they had to go, and well, I'll disclaim this for you by saying you can't possibly cover everybody. That's the nature of okay, the food scene. You. So Kathy, apolo- <laughs> Kathy apologizes if she doesn't mention you, you but but what are some of that are standing out for you right now? Well, I, I live in Lads Edition, and I go to Bar Avignon a lot. I think that Eric there is doing some amazing food. I think that Randy and Nancy, the owners, do have amazing service. It's a casual little place. The, the wine list is delicious, and um, I I just really love to support them. And it's they were, like they the, were the first ones. Any night, any night kind of place that you would want to go. They were the first chef's choice 
on my events. Oh. That was the first people oh, you great. mentioned, and I got to know them, and they participated in helping a little thing grow. So mm-hmm. I, oh, I appreciate them very much. I think that um, Chico is turning out, in my mind, the most elevated um, Mexican food in town and delicious, like, margaritas, and I highly recommend that to people. In fact, um, I'm taking the um, the Italian chef and um, the other um, Italian producers that are coming with him for our dinner, for our anniversary. We're going there on the Friday night before. That'll be so, quite a tweet, treat yeah. for them. I'm sure Kelly's going to go, uh, not that she doesn't every night, but... For you, she'll probably go above and beyond. I think um, what um, Israel and um, Bonnie are doing at Kachka is so unique and amazing that it's an experience that you can't have anywhere except maybe Russia, maybe Belarusa. <laughs> but um, but I haven't ever been, so I don't know. I think that's amazing. There's a new little restaurant in, um, in my neighborhood, too, that started as a food cart. And this chef is from Tuscany, and he knows actually a lot of the same friends that I have that um, live in Florence or um, in Panzano. And his name's Paolo. I won't remember his last name right now, but his restaurant's called Barasca. Mm-hmm. It's a tiny little place with a tiny little menu, but it's very true Tuscan food. Um, so I, it's brand new, pretty new, like a month, I think, and I, I love that. Of course, um, small wares, um, Johanna wares, um, amazing, um, unauthentic Asian restaurants. Have you been to Little Wares yet? I haven't. I haven't been there. No, I, no, I missed it, and I think it just maybe closed for the summer. I think it was like a summer. Oh, I didn't know that. Up. Okay. Yeah, I saw that in the paper um, just this week. So. So you know, it's a testament to you and uh, to this city. That and what I think makes it so unique that you would, uh, that I can ask the question, you know, where should people go to eat? In many other cities, there aren't chefs who would love to tell you to go elsewhere, but that you would also choose a little small place like Barasca to highlight who's, you know, they're doing Italian food as, as you are. Um, I think it's a wonderful thing, and I think you are, you embody the spirit of this city, um, and are certainly one of the most important parts of this incredible food scene, Kathy. So I know, well, you know, you know, and I, I think a lot of you and I appreciate your taking the time in Minnesota (laughs) to, uh, to come talk with us. And I appreciate everything that you've done and you've always been very gracious. I've asked you to do uh, a couple of events for charity and you've been right there with it and you've even brought some other folks with you. So um, thanks so much. Thanks for everything. You are so welcome, Chris, and I look forward to um, talking to you again soon. We will. I'll be in touch with you about a few specific ideas. Okay. Thanks, Thank Kathy. Thank you. Okay. Uh-huh. Bye. Right at the Fork is recorded in the beautiful studios at Alpha Media and expertly sound engineered by Court Johnson and produced by me, Heather Jones. If you want to find us, we are on iTunes and Stitcher and SoundCloud. We love ratings and reviews, so thank you to those who have done that, and please, we hope you'll continue to do so. You can find us at portlandfoodanddrink.com and portlandfoodadventures.com, and of course, right at thefork.com. 
discoverportland.net and now at foodcartsportland.com. Lots of great places to find us. We're also on Twitter, Food Podcast PDX, and of course, Facebook as well. Also on our website, we now have a donate button. So if you enjoy the podcast and want to see it continue, please donate and thank you so much. <music>